it's Jim, it's the World of Bonds, it's Monday the 7th of March 2022. Well with the war in Ukraine raging and Russia shelling civilians, the one thing that got very little attention on Friday was actually um, a really very strong non-farm payroll number, the most important uh, economic number coming out of the United States. So in February the US jobs market created 678,000 new jobs and there were yet more back revisions to previous months and the unemployment rate fell down to 3.8%. I guess the only weakish element was a flat wage growth number, slightly disappointing relative to expectations, and maybe that's the most important bit because we're seeing the oil price today up above $130 a barrel. Um, People are buying options at levels over $200 um, a barrel at the moment. And maybe it's this oil price shock that, together with flat wage growth, causes what's going to be a a global cost of living crisis. And historically, when you look at oil spikes like this, um, you know, there's almost always something else going on. So look at 2008, last time oil was up at these kinds of levels. Um, you know, global financial crisis came afterwards and people put that down to housing and loose credit and so forth. There's always something else, of course, but when oil is this high, economic growth does collapse and that's what we've always seen at times like this. So at the moment we've got talk from the United States of a ban on um, Russian oil trading effectively, no more imports of uh, Russian oil. And that's happening voluntarily to some extent. If you look um, at markets, there's a, a discount implied for ships that contain Russian oil relative to, to other people's oil. But this oil price where we are now is likely to cause a big slowdown in economic growth six to 12, 18 months time. And you know you can see what the impact might be with uh, petrol in the UK at the moment heading up you know, really, really elevated levels. And you just can't rule out a recession at the times when wage growth is not matching these gains. So what's the yield curve telling us? Remember the yield curve um, predicts recessions and it isn't doing so at the moment. Um, it's pretty flat, um, although it has been steepening a bit lately because we've seen a bit of a uh, fall in short-dated bonds. So it's been a what's called a bull steepening. All yields have fallen, but short-dated two-year bonds, gilts, US Treasury bond yields have fallen the most as people kind of reprice their expectations for Fed, Bank of England, ECB hiking activity. But nevertheless, if you look at twos, tens, which is the you know the kind of fail-safe yield curve it, recession indicator, that is at 26 basis points at the moment. So it's not not very far away from being flat. Um, so two-year yields at 1.46% in the states, 10-year bond yields 1.72%. Um, so um, the market is now pricing in 5.5 Fed rate hikes in 2022. Remember before Russia invaded, that was over six. Some people still sticking to their guns. I mean, Goldman Sachs today is still saying there'll be seven Fed rate hikes in 2022. But um, it feels like that looks difficult to achieve unless you think that the Fed um, thinks about stagflation only really in the flation bit and doesn't care about the stag. And I'm, I'm not sure that's really the case. 
So after those numbers, markets were bond markets have been strong all week last week, effectively. But bonds rallied again on Friday. Um, bond yield, to remember, turned positive in February, um, having been negative, sharply negative for a very long time. You know, down at um, nearly minus half a percent in September last year. Um, they got to plus thirty basis points in February. But uh, they're now back at minus seven basis points. Remember, this has been driven by falling real yields around the world. And that falling real yields generally better news for risk assets than rising real yields. So although risk assets have been wobbly and credit is especially wobbly at the moment, and we'll probably talk about that in more detail later this week because you know, look at iTrax crossover. It's now out, out at 424 basis points, CDX high yield, 392. And Europe overtaken uh, the US in terms of spreads. Normally, Europe uh, crossover and high yield spreads are below those in the US. But as the war has come closer to home, um, European high yield is very much underperforming at the moment. So we'll talk about credit a bit more in another time. But this is a real yield story generally. Um, if you look at German break-even inflation rates, remember these were down at 1% in um, Q3 last year. They're now at, I just made a new record from when I wrote my notes earlier. I put them down at 2.78. They're now at 2.81. So this rise, not just in oil, but also natural gas, especially important for Germany. Uh, these big rises in energy prices feeding through into higher inflation expectations over the next five years. And of course, not just oil, not just gas, but wheat is the big one that people are talking about. Um, 30% of the world's grain market is from uh, Russia and Ukraine and prices have gone up 50% since war uh, last week. Now, even in January, before this tension began, we had the highest level of global food price inflation for about seven years. And remember, for some less developed markets around the world, food prices are a huge component of consumption relative to those in the West. So it's really, really important. You know, people talk about the Arab Spring being triggered by uh, tensions in Tunisia around food, food prices grain prices effectively bread prices egypt for instance imports 90 percent of its uh, wheat and grain from russia and ukraine so you know people are remembering the arab spring and what sparked that now speaking of, over the weekend friends who work on a dairy farm this is having a massive impact on their milk production too because you know cows eat grass of course but to get yields as high as possible on milk you know grain is a massive imp import into what they eat and as these grain prices go up they'll be eating less grain effectively they won't be able to afford to pay them well to, they won't get paid as much by the supermarkets for the same level of um, output so um, I've said that wrong really so it's really the, their costs will go up they won't get compensated for those higher costs from supermarkets and so you know this is a, a, an issue as well so squeeze on margins or supermarkets will put prices up and today's focus listening to Radio 4 this morning is about fertiliser prices fertiliser prices are driven by the price of inputs from Russia um, so that's going to be a big deal for global food production as well going to finish really 
for something um, that's hitting the news as well, especially for bond markets and uh, asset managers. And that's really the ESG debate in the light of Russia. And you will have seen a number of big asset managers have come out and said that they won't be investing in Russia for the foreseeable future for, for moral reasons, effectively. I mean, um, this is kind of dominating thinking in markets in a world where ESG has already become a really important debate and uh, sustainable funds, ESG funds, have been really uh, significant. And a lot of that's been driven by the e-debate, really, to be frank. Um, it's been about uh, fossil fuels, it's about been about clean energy and so forth. But the S, the social element of this, is coming into the equation uh, significantly at the moment. So, as I say, lots of people taking out Russia and Belarus from portfolios. But, uh, you know, I think there is a danger talking about ESG at a time like this. Um, I remember being at university hundreds of years ago and um, in philosophy classes being, you know, told about the danger of being seen as kind of a philosopher at the feast, sort of sitting around in comfort in, uh, in warm, rich Western cities while this is all going on. I think that is a danger. So, uh, forgive me for even going into this debate to some extent but you know one of the things that people are talking about is a note that Citigroup put out last week almost suggesting that over the years ESG fund managers have taken out defence contractors people who make weapons and arms and uh, fighter jets and so forth they're generally excluded from ESG benchmarks and from ESG portfolios but Citigroup say quote defense is likely to be increasingly seen as a necessity that facilitates ESG as an enterprise as well as maintaining peace stability and other social goods in other words uh, you can't have peace and prosperity without uh, defense I and mean, this is kind of almost um, an Adam Smith argument about what should the state be doing this is what the state should be doing and actually far from penalizing people who make tanks um, that's not the issue I, I think um, this is one that we can debate for, for ages and ages and I'm not, I'm not completely convinced but um, it's worth thinking about Merrin Somerset Webb um, who writes on the back page of the FT money section over the weekend she's written about this as well but it's, it's a common debate in markets at the moment she doesn't like ESG full stop and I think that's you know fair enough she's got an argument why and why not but I think that one of the arguments that's widely used about ESG is really uh, an argument about the oil price because I think she says ESG stocks assets are, are underperforming at the moment and they are but and um, but the time when they outperformed when one said oh this is the great time for esg was when the oil price is low the time that esg assets are underperforming is when the oil price is high and that's because if you eliminate fossil fuel things because of global warming you're going to miss out on uh, the volatility around oil prices and i don't think that's really anything to do with esg so i'd like to remove that bit of the thing from the equation I don't think we should be saying whether ESG is a good or bad thing by the fact whether stocks have <coughs> excuse me gone up or down over the past year I think that's kind of a little bit irrelevant but there certainly are debates to be had and I think this is defense good or bad and ESGable is quite uh, an important one okay right um, I hope uh, this week goes well for you speak to you soon bye